With the Black Lives Matter protests ringing in our ears, I understand right now there is a desire from many for a post-race society. And what this means is a society in which, as Sam Harris calls it, someone's race is entirely uninteresting, that everyone is treated absolutely equally by everyone. And this is common for many white Australians who believe that they personally don't nurture any racial prejudice. So let's just draw a line under the sins of the past and get on with building a harmonious society where all races are equal. For those that echo these sentiments, I do believe their desire is sincere. I truly believe the overwhelming majority of Australians do treat individuals based on their character and wish to do the same for every person they meet. But whilst I too have a genuine desire to be rid of identity politics, there is a huge part of this notion that is the equivalent of forcing someone to play two sets of tennis with a broken racket than declaring it a fair game just because you hand them a new one at match point. It might be possible to absolve ourselves of the guilt of colonisation, but Indigenous Australians today still feel the effects of its crime. Now, To understand this, I want to talk to you about intergenerational wealth. Now, To many people think of intergenerational wealth just as inheritance from your parents, and that makes it easy just to dismiss its impact. But according to the Grattan Institute, the median worth of an inheritance in Australia is $500,000. 20% are over a million dollars. Now, where does this wealth come from? Primarily, home ownership. In fact, home ownership makes up 60% of the wealth for Australians aged between 55 and 64. Importantly, this is wealth that can be used to help their children join the housing market well before the parents die. If the bank of mum and dad was a real bank, it would be the fifth biggest bank in Australia, lending out $92 billion a year at an average of just over $73,000 to their children to help them get ahead. But how many Indigenous Australians have access to the Bank of Mum and Dad? Well, to start with, only 38% of Indigenous Australians own their own home. That's compared to 66% for other Australians. And needless to say, these homes aren't prime real estate. According to one study, 29% of these homes owned by Indigenous Australians had major structural problems. Indigenous Australians are also more likely to own homes in rural or remote areas. This is why recognising the impact of our history needs to be understood, because it impacts where everyone is today. Now, I grew up on the northern beaches of Sydney. This was home to the Gayamagal people at the time of settlement. Manly Beach was actually named after an impressive, manly, indigenous Australian standing on the beach as Governor Philip Road passed. Now, permanent settle- settlements were known to be everywhere up the coast as farmland expanded and eventually morphed into the suburbia that now exists. Do you know how many Indigenous Australian kids I knew growing up? None. Not one. Now, I can't tell you what happened to the Gamagal people, but I sure as hell know no one paid them anything, and they sure as hell aren't enjoying the property market here right now. I grew up with a state-of-the-art public school down the road. I lived about three kilometres from the well-funded hospital I was born in. I had all the infrastructure and services that were par the course for suburban Australia. And I grew up in a home my parents owned. This was an upbringing the descendants of the Gamagal people never had. Now, the best I could find to explain their disappearance was a reference to the demolishing of the last remaining Indigenous camp in the area in the 1950s to make way for a fitness centre with a few survivors trucked out to the western suburbs. Fate unknown. I can't stress this enough. For almost every Indigenous person in this country, their family history is shaped by stories of complete dispossession just like this. That was only just over 60 years ago. We were still moving them off their land then. In a country where wealth is owning property, 
We have given Indigenous Australians only decades to catch up after 250 years of taking whatever property we wanted. Intergenerational wealth isn't just about having wealthy parents, it's about where you grew up, what access you had to education, and perhaps just as importantly, what access your parents had to education, what profession your grandparents had. Now, it is not impossible for families to pull themselves out of a cycle of poverty. It, it does happen all the time, but it is still rare. It takes exceptional people under exceptional circumstances to break that trend. Collectively, we have placed almost every Indigenous Australian in these circumstances and act shocked when they aren't all suddenly able to create enough wealth to pull their family out of the poverty that we have left them in. Now, it is often quoted that Indigenous Australians make up 3% of Australia's population, yet 28% of the prison population. But perhaps less known is the fact they also make up 28% of our homeless population. It is absolutely no coincidence these two statistics are the same. Homelessness invariably leads to increased interactions with police and desperation often leads to crime. But this fact that Indigenous Australians are 14 times more likely to be homeless cannot be separated from the fact my ancestors likely kicked their ancestors out of their home. This is why we can't just blow the whistle and say, OK, we, we promise we won't be racist anymore, we're even. We're not. We spent over two centuries removing every element of intergenerational wealth from an entire people and then asked them not to focus too much on their history. It will take generations for just a handful of exceptional Indigenous Australians to create enough intergenerational wealth to give their children an equal footing in life to those of other Australians. Now, understanding history isn't about lamenting the past. It's about understanding why we're not all equal now and why we need to take action to ensure that changes in the future. No matter how unprejudiced you are, because of history, race still matters in Australia. As a white descendant of a convict, I get that. White Australians are tired of being made to apologise for their past, but maybe that's not what we're asking. Now, it has been predicted that over the next 20 years, the largest transfer of intergenerational wealth in Australian history is about to take place, as the baby boomers gradually pass on their property portfolios to their children. It's been estimated over $3.5 trillion is about to be passed down. Now, for the reasons I've just mentioned, Indigenous Australia is going to miss out again. If we don't take steps to remedy this, the wealth gap between Indigenous Australians and the rest of us is only going to grow. We need to insert Indigenous Australians into the property market. Older Indigenous Australians need to own homes and they need to be able to pass that wealth on to their family once they die. It may not be possible to give back all the land we've taken from Indigenous Australians, but we should be able to at least give them a slice of our conquest. The sooner we can fix this, to truly allow everyone to catch up and to make it a fair game, the sooner we can realise that dream of living in a world where race truly doesn't matter.